Welcome everybody to the Apex Sunday podcast. We're hosted by two petrol heads, myself, John Dowsett, and Rob Ross. And this is the podcast that banters and rambles on about Formula One races, news, and events. What's on your mind? I was just reminded that usually at this time of year, it's when I've had enough of Formula One. I'm looking at it and I'm tired of the parade and I'm tired of the nonsense. Mm-hmm. And then Monaco brings it all back. You know, it happens almost every year for the past two decades. Right. You know, where it's, you know who's going to win the championship. You know what's going on. <laughs> and this year's just this year's just completely different. I mean, I I've been thrilled with the year so far. Mm-hmm. And then Monaco comes along, and it was just anticlimactic. You know, I, it's the usual story of qualifying. And I looked at right. it. And Qualifying's went, great. Race, not so much. And now it looks like we've got a new champion in the works. And, you know, if I'm correct in my conspiracy theory of Mercedes stepping away from Formula One and the money not being there, and there's definitely influx in Red Bull, Max is going to be the next Lewis. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard rumors about Ineos, you know, the, the new sponsor that Mercedes has. Who? Uh, E-N-E-O-S. Oh, yes. They sponsor Valentino Rossi's Yamahas and MotoGP, well, at least until previous to this year. Rumors, I don't know what they do, but they're a big company and rumors they might take over. But I don't know. Lewis is looking for another contract with them. Valtteri's talking about a new contract. So I don't know. But before we get to the news... And Toto owns a big part of it, right? I thought that was Williams he owned a big part of and he got rid of. No, you know... No, Toto owns a big part of, of the Mercedes, Mercedes as well. Right, right. But speaking of Valtteri, before we get to the news, unfortunately, if you remember last podcast, I mentioned Peko rather than Checo. Now, Peko is a rider in MotoGP, and he was asked by the MotoGP press the following question after his teammate, Australian Jack Miller, had won the last two races for Ducati. Something along the lines of Peko, What's it like to have a strong teammate? Wouldn't you rather have a... Can you guess what name they mentioned? (laughs) (laughs) Really? They said Val? Yeah, and I thought, basically, wouldn't you rather have a Bottas? And, of course, uh, Peko defended Bottas and just said, you know, Valtteri's fine. It's just he's got Lewis Hamilton as a teammate. But that's the crux of it, in a way. When you have to measure yourself up against one of the best. He's had five seasons of it. Doesn't mean he's a bad driver, but he's extremely unlucky as well, obviously, from the result of this race. But it's unfortunate he's getting that reputation, but it's almost inevitable. I mean, what? how many races would you have to win and still not be the champion to not have that reputation? Like with Rosberg, he never suffered that much. Sure, he won, but even if he hadn't, I don't think he would have had the same sort of reputation that Valtteri has. But this is as old as prostitution, isn't it? I mean, we've got... It is. We've got somebody like Barrichello, fantastic driver. It goes on and on and on. Checo is one of those guys. Right. Felipe Massa improved quite a lot, right? I think the bot has, has all that it has to take, but man, the heat that he gets from the press and the heat he gets from everybody, mm-hmm. it takes a very strong character to continue on. Mm. Is he done? Oh, absolutely. I think he's done. I think he's cooked. I think he's being cooked. You go through years of that being number two to Lewis. Mm. Everywhere you go when you do sponsorship events, it gets right down to sponsorship events where these two have to go to a sponsorship event and and 
Bottas is like, oh, yeah, well, no, I don't want to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think only Jensen Button is the only teammate who outscored Lewis within one season. Alonzo tied him. Button, I think, just outscored him. But over the two seasons, their teammates, Lewis had more points. So it's very difficult teammate to have, obviously. Yeah. And and the only way Nico could beat him for the championship was being a psychological tormentor. That was nasty. It was They became nasty with each other. And obviously, I was reminded of that with uh, mm. Leclerc hitting the uh, barriers and uh, <laughs> denying uh, Max and Valtteri another chance. But before we get to that, let's talk about the news. Top of my mind is the McLaren Golf Library, and I thought that might have interested you as well. What did you think of that? I loved, I loved the golf, the old livery, and and I and I like the I like the fact that they pulled it off perfectly, including the driver suits. Mm-hmm. They missed the mark in that the blue wasn't blue enough; it was too white. But other than that, it was cool. I agree. The blue was too soft. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of the first F1 car that I saw live was Senna's McLaren in 1993. And when you see that Marlboro red on the TV in person, it's this super bright pink. But obviously it was made that way to look a certain color because of the way it's processed through the video cameras and so forth. I wonder if that was also a factor in the coloring of the car. When I first saw it, it was definitely white. It wasn't. It wasn't the powder blue of the old golf uh, livery, but hey. I was yeah. very disappointed actually with this because it just, it just, it didn't match it. It didn't have the power of the old livery or livery. <laughs> it was a nice gesture. It looked great. It, it did look great on the drivers as well, I thought. I love the old simple numbers, just a big white circle with a big number in it. Just love that look. Yeah. It was Williams 750th Grand Prix. They've been around for a long time, but they're not really Williams anymore. Hamilton says Monaco needs changing. It's too hard to pass. Well, again, that's we hear this every year. And who's Hamilton? <laughs> right? <laughs> McLaren unhappy with the revised flexi-wing tests being delayed. Suspects are Red Bull, Ferrari, Alfa Romeo, and Alpine. It's being delayed until the French Grand Prix, I believe, where they're revising the test. Again... We've seen this over and over again throughout the history of the sport. I remember one time they changed the tires mid-season and people were not pleased about that. To me, this is just, okay, sure, whatever. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Didn't really interest me that much. And it's happened since the dawn of time. And the only people who have managed to pull off that huge advantage is Mercedes. Yeah. The blown diffuser, the trick of the bar car, Jensen button yeah. that came out of the gate. The diffuser, yeah. What was it? A second, half, two seconds, yeah. a lap faster than everybody else. Yeah. They all catch up. It's just a matter of time. And, and I think it's a very cool design. There's another Adrian Newey creation, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> the other thing is Turkey is now off, which is going to replace the Canadian Grand Prix. So they're going to do two races in Austria which seems to please some teams and not others. It's a very simple circuit, sort of a point-and-shoot circuit. But again, you know, they have to do what they have to do. I love new tracks. I love new tracks. Mm-hmm. It gives the young guys a chance to have a new 
venue that they're on the same sort of platform as the guys that have raced the same track over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And maybe it's take the historic tracks of Spa and, and Imola and Brad's Hatch and keep those and shuffle everything else up and keep all these guys on their toes. Yeah, absolutely. McLaren signs Lando for multiple seasons. They didn't specify how many, but he was already signed for next season anyway, so probably another two years beyond that. We'll find out. Once again, he proved in the race and in qualifying that he definitely belongs in a McLaren, and I hope that next season McLaren improves even more. Do you think that was a smart decision on Lando's part? Well, I think in in F1, the drivers don't have the options that they should because where is he going to go mercedes is probably going to promote george ferrari's keeping leclerc and science we've got three billionaire sons in the cars they're not going anywhere right mazapin and our two canadian boys where could he go mclaren have definitely been on the down for quite quite a lot long time haven't they mm-hmm. but they've improved mm-hmm. recently so what else could he do that's what i was thinking and he seems to like the team, and that can work sometimes. We'll see what the new rules are just going to be. Either it's going to be what happens every other time, which is there's maybe a slight shuffle at the top, and then the rest are shuffled around a bit, but it's basically the same pecking order. Or maybe we'll get McLaren winning races again, which would be very, very nice. But what do you think of it? Well, God knows who's it going to be. Who knows what it's going to be. I wish, I wish that he would use his head for more than a hat rack and realize that I have to disagree with you. I mean, I think there's a good chance that Carlos could lose the plot and get pissed off that he's got a substandard car and just say, forget about it, or Checo could, or anybody else could. It could be Williams that's at the front with the new formula. <laughs> Who knows? You know, it's, I doubt it because we've got Adrian Newey. Yeah. It's going to be a Red, Red Bull is going to be up there. But. And hopefully Alpine gets up there as well. Yes. They should be up there. The other thing in news is Max Mosley died. Yes. And what an epic man he was. For all the heat that he took, he did some pretty amazing things in Formula One and teamed up with Bernie Ecclestone and basically gave us what we have today, in my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know too much about him. I know his predecessor was not well liked. (laughs) Jean-Marie. Ballester, yes. Ballester, yeah. Not well regarded. Is that true? Is that yes? Very much the so. impression I got. Max came in and did the safety thing, man. I mean, yeah. he came in and he's he's the man who pushed that through. So bless mm-hmm. him for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anything else in news? I really don't think so. You know, there's so either. You know, there's some pretty big stuff in qualifying, though. Yeah, so let's talk about qualifying. And before we talk about the actual qualifying, we'll talk about the event of Leclerc crashing. And it's kind of news-related, but Total Wolf likes the IndyCar style of red flags, where the driver who causes the red flag loses their two best laps in the session. So I wasn't surprised to hear that Toto would like that in this particular situation. I, it always astounds me how situational some of these statements are. If it was the reverse and Lewis had smashed into the barrier, <laughs> there's no way Toto would be saying he liked the IndyCar style red flag. Yeah. But the end result is, in the news today, I read that they're going to be discussing this. The F1 Rules Commission and so forth are going to be discussing this type of response to a driver causing a red flag during qualifying. Uh, the only response so far is people say, well, it will discourage drivers from going to the edge 
I don't really buy that. Any driver thought that that's what the others were doing, then they would just go to the edge and, and take pole every time. I don't believe that, but what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? There are more sessions ended at Monaco than any other track from exactly what we just saw. Right. And the reasons are, are multiple. Number one is I know I can end the session. Mm-hmm. Michael Schumacher did it. Yeah. I have to look at that whole event and say it's 50-50 to me. I can't go one way or the other. Everybody I've talked to says, oh, no, 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 clerk, clerk, you know, he wouldn't do that. He didn't do that. And 50% saying, absolutely, he did it. <laughs> so on both sides, you've got him going at that corner where he, he hit the barrier. Yeah. And you look. Pretty straight. And he's very, very precise. Very, very precise. Over and over and over again, he's precise. And when he whacked it, Oh my God, did he whack it hard. He didn't miss it by a few millimeters, which is what it should be. He missed it by half a foot. It looked obvious to me. Did he have brain fade? Did his car skip out? We can give him that maybe. But at the same time, I can see him. It looks to me that he did it on purpose. And I'm saying that probably 70% that he did it on purpose. And I'm saying that because of the smile on his face throughout the whole race and post-race. He was perfectly happy. <laughs> well, to me, I just think that he had just lost it, and that's why it was such a big hit. If he's so precise, that would be a very imprecise way of throwing the car away. There's no investigations. No one's saying anything officially, so you know that's settled. Do you think, nonetheless, that a driver that causes a red flag deserves to lose their best lap or their two best laps? No. Me neither. I don't no. agree with that either. It happens, and if it's deliberate... Then we've seen that. Wasn't Michael was punished, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah. And then Nico, Lewis is convinced that Nico did that on purpose, but nothing ever came of that. Did find it amusing, though, that on the Sky coverage, the accident happens, and who do they speak to right away? (laughs) Nico Rosberg. (laughs) Right. I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) Right. To get back to qualifying itself... It's often the highlight of the weekend in Monaco, and that's definitely the case this weekend because the race was a very expensive parade, and I haven't been to a parade in 40 years or something like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> parades are not are not my thing. I heard there's a parade magazine, but, you know, whatever. Uh, that's probably about something else now that I think of it. But anyways, <laughs> let's just talk about qualifying then. It was great to see these cars navigate the circuit. That's the great attraction of qualifying at Monaco, isn't it? Right. It's just great to watch. And I can imagine how it sounds as well. It must be amazing. Well, there was the Monaco Meister. There have been two of them in my mind. And only there's only two of them. And, and that's, of course... Ayrton Senna and Graham Hill. And mm-hmm. somehow those two guys just managed to nail it. Yeah. And I think it was Senna that's saying, if you aren't rubbing the walls, you aren't going to get pool. Right. How is Jill at Monaco? I have to admit, I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. Okay. But seeing these guys driving the way they're driving with modern day cars, oh my God. Oh yeah. I really wish a game that we could have a POV shot that's mounted from where the driver's helmet is. We don't get to see that. And it's so different from what the camera angle is we see on TV. It'd be so easy to put a camera in yeah, at a lower that angle. That would be really good. No, but no. Yeah. Especially with the uh, the halo, right? They Absolutely. could mount it. The front of the halo. Right at the front yeah. of it. Exactly. 
and you would or you know at the sort of the level of the of the driver perfect and you'd have a great great view because in MotoGP, I've taken to, I'll watch a race the regular way, and then I'll watch particular onboards if, you know, I want to relax or something. And it's just, wow, this is such a great way to watch a race as well. So if they did that in F1 and put it in the halo at eye level, that would be spectacular. I have to take a look at the POV shot from the MotoGP uh, races. I, I really do need to see them because a lot of the POV stuff I've seen is this wicked, wicked leaning over angle shots that isn't unrealistic if you've ever driven a bike at speed your head isn't down there like that <laughs> your head is up and so that's not what they're seeing that's true absolutely like you can't yeah you would just see sort of the curves and all that right you wouldn't see <laughs> very far ahead. you would see far ahead occasionally and then you just see the curves and, and so forth so yeah yeah but it did remind me of the onboards in moto gp i'm not sure about f1 they're sort of almost homey, almost sort of like your local track kind of feel, which I like a lot better than the complete smoothness of the F1 on boards. But anyways, again, an eye-level camera would be very, very ideal. Mm-hmm. Mick was unable to participate due to his crash in FP3, but obviously they, they let him race. Why obviously? Why'd they let him race? Why would they Alonso, let him race? still not going too well Seriously. for him. Well, <laughs> Because you knew he was going to be faster than his, his teammate. I mean, if we want to skip ahead just to that little bit of the race, we the one pass that we actually saw in coverage was Schumacher over Mazepin. And I've seen coverage afterwards where Mazepin kind of tries to block him and then realizes, I better not do this, <laughs> and stops it. And Schumacher, within a few laps, was four seconds ahead of him. And then he was way behind him. They didn't show why, but apparently had some engine problems and had to slow down and so forth. But I think it's if you prove you you belong there within the you know X amount of time in the other sessions, they'll let you let you go, right? The two houses were three laps down. Yes. Well, they're they've got their car, they've got, and that's all they're got. And the next worst was Alfatoria Williams, Alpine, all the way up to Stroll, who were one lap down. Right. So up to eighth place was lapped. Yeah. I, I don't know. Anyway. Alonso, again, uh, not doing too well for him so so far. He was out in Q1. And Ricardo out in Q2. Giovinazzi gave Alfa Romeo their first Q3 session of the season. And it was the first pole for Leclerc. He has never finished a race at Monaco. I didn't re- I didn't know that before they announced that. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's not finished a race at Monaco in multiple series. Yeah. In all the categories, right? In all the categories, yeah. Yeah. I was shocked at Alonso. I clearly thought with his experience at Monaco, he would be higher up. And then I saw the interview. I don't know if you saw the interview with Danny Ricardo. Well, I saw one with well, someone. I think it was Martin who said science because science has been through the Red Bull, the Renault, McLaren, and the Ferrari. So he's been through four different cars. And he said that each time it was like going to a totally different category. The cars are so different. So he understands what's happening with uh, Alonso and Ricardo. But that's very interesting to me that they're so different that you kind of have to relearn, throw away what you used to learn. Or I don't know. It's just I found that extremely interesting. What did uh, Ricardo have to say? 
he was saying that he talked to Carlos about it, who had left the team. Mm-hmm. And Carlos walked up to him with a smirk on his face and said, interesting car, isn't it? And he said, yeah, it's, it's the most bizarre car to drive. And everything is just bizarre on it. Everything is just entirely different. When you get off the loud pedal in the middle of a turn, it's different. When you act differently in high speed and low speed corners, and he said he, he's just having a really hard time wrapping his head around it and having a difficult time grasping the car. Right. And wow. is Alonzo having some of that? Hey. I would say so, because if you look at his teammate, he went a year out of the sport, right? Yeah. When he was with Mercedes, gets into the Renault at the time, and Ricardo puts him to shame in, in some senses, right? Yes. He, he said it took him a year to get up to speed, and look what he's doing now. In Alonzo's case he's been out for two years but he wasn't inactive he did a whole bunch of other series right yeah wec indycar dakar dakar right that's the whole range right yes so you know it's just give the guy time because he is a top driver obviously he's been he's one of the top that we've ever seen i think and ricardo is also an amazing driver he always has been yeah. It's interesting to hear that because are we used to seeing drivers move to teams and do well right away? In the past, who's ever, who's ever got the fastest car? In the past, yes. With very little exception, the drivers are close. If, even back to the days of Gilles and you look at Didier Peroni, they were very close in regards to speed. Racecraft, that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. So yes, I, I think it's the modern technology and aerodynamic and there's so much more with aerodynamics now than there ever has been. I think that has a huge play on mm-hmm. on how the cars behave. Sure. And the tires too, right? Like I, the tires have always played a role, but they, the science of the tires and how they try to manipulate them, they spend a lot of time on the tires as well. Yeah. And that's quite astounding that he would say that the McLaren is that different. I mean, wow, that's... That's interesting. He didn't. He didn't badmouth it. No, he just, but that's just a statement of fact. Yes, and this could also be a statement towards Sebastian Vettel's performance. Yes, that's true. And is this going to continue? Is he going to? Has he found his sea legs, and is he now going to start performing like the old Seb that we knew when he was a dominating force? Where he was taking championships from Fernando Alonso and the Ferrari. Exactly. You know, and we saw some great racing between those two from time to time. You might see some between those two this year as well, but uh, <laughs> not at the front, unfortunately. Although he did well this race. Anything else? If we come back to the big event for us, definitely had to be the separation of team drivers mm. and just the sheer time gap between the various teams was bigger than I've seen anywhere else. So I don't know why that is. I don't know why this track demands that. But again, qualifying was the race. That's, I don't even know if we need to cover the race because it was just such a parade. Yeah. For the race... Leclerc has never finished in the points, but we already discussed that in his entire career, which is quite astounding. People are asking about, you know, why did Ferrari not change the gearbox or the damaged drive shaft and, you know, get the penalty and still be in the race? To me, they have very little chance of, well, they have no chance of winning the championship this year. They don't have very many chances of winning races this year. 
why not take a gamble? It could have worked out. It just didn't. That's my view on it. What do you think? I agree. Yeah. I agree. And it is a gamble. And you've got Carlos. And Carlos finished second. Mm-hmm. Nine seconds back. Good for Carlos. You know, I think that that was probably the highlight of my viewing of the race was Carlos getting finally getting a chance. <laughs> and then there's the bad luck of Vautas. <laughs> my God, I just, I just can't believe it, really. It just... He would have been on the podium. He would have been second, I think. Oh, sure. Right. And for a team of at, at that level, at the pinnacle of the motorsport of that class, not being able to get a wheel nut off? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> it's hard to believe. Yeah, it, but it does happen. Obviously, since we saw it, my God, I just, you know, after I heard that thing in that interview in MotoGP, I just thought, oh, that's poor Valtteri. <laughs> He took his chance, and unfortunately, his teammate is Lewis Hamilton. And Lewis did all right. I mean, he uh, he did fairly well. He was a dog in qualifying. The result showed that. And boy, did he ever take a piece out of the team <laughs> off record from when I, when I hear. Yeah, he was, well, even on record, he was pretty upset with the pit strategy. I was chuckling about that, just like, my God, well, how, how does this happen? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Have you ever been lost in a race? Have you ever had a hard time understanding what's going on Absolutely. after 15 laps? Or I know you only had about 17 lap races. Or These guys have got engineers, man. I mean, they, <laughs> there's no excuse for not knowing what's going on. The pit board kept you up to date? I didn't have. I didn't even have a crew member doing that. Oh, no? I, no. You know what? It's not that difficult. Even on a, a longer race, I can see how pit stops kind of mess things up. But for the most part, it's pretty easy to figure figure out where you are. Mm. What about in terms of laps then? Like, how do you know if you're three laps from the end if you don't have a pit port? Or you look at other people's pit ports. <laughs> there's, all, there's also a great big huge sign, at, uh, you know, a great big huge tower okay. that shows the lap every time you come around on the, the grandstand straight. So okay. It, yeah. That kind of gives it away too. So is that the case at all the circuits you raced at? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, for the race, I have Daniel laughed by Lando, and again, he's saying the style. His style just doesn't suit the McLaren, but we've discussed that already. My driver of the day is again Lando Norris. You can say he's lucky because Valtteri was unlucky, but still, he qualified extremely well. And he's just he's third in the championship in the in a McLaren. He's just he's obviously at harmony with that McLaren, or he's getting there. How about you? Well, he was complaining about it. The tires at the end, right? He was complaining about it. No, not this year, but last year he was complaining okay. about it. And the year before he was complaining about it. Right. So in his first year, not so much because he was just such a, a humble young man. I was very impressed mm-hmm. with that. And he would complain about the car. I think, like you say, he's figured it out now. The driver has to figure out the car. That's yeah. their job. And are you going to be able to tweak it to yourself? Not like it used to be. Not like it used to be. Michael Schumacher likes a pointy car. It's pretty easy to make a pointy car, but not today. Because it's all aerodynamics. Look at the the incredible back wing bouncing around exactly how they want it to, to to get a faster lap time. That's pretty phenomenal. And that's probably why I never got into motorsports, because when I... When I have a go-kart that I can't stand, I just, I'm so frustrated. I can't imagine myself adapting to it. Although 
again, halfway through the race, I did adapt. I figured it out, but I still hated the car. <laughs> didn't, didn't you tell me a story years ago about something about, I think it was Martin Bungle, mm -hmm. just being a complete uh, wanker in, in the car and not being able to figure it out, the team hating him along with his teammate at the time. I do not recall, unfortunately. It was Blundell or some, somebody, I can't remember who his teammate was now. Right. But it was Martin Bungle who was just, like you say, complain about the car. It's not me, it's the car. Well, I remember Senna, who was Senna's engineer? He was a Mexican, Rodriguez. I can't remember his name exactly, but he said the great drivers, whenever a new part or a change in the car is made, that is a good change that will speed the car up. The great drivers get that speed almost instantly. They, they get it very fast. Whereas the not so great drivers don't. Yeah. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to bring in the example of Michael Andretti in the McLaren. People talk about lack of commitment because he lived in the States and all that. I don't know. <laughs> you know, whatever. Okay. But I remember Senna, someone saying in the team that, you know, Ayrton would just get in the car, we'd make changes, he'd figure it out, and it would go faster. And Michael would be like, this, there's something wrong with the car, you know, that kind of stuff. He was a, a good driver in IndyCar, wasn't he? Yeah. He's a champion, multiple champion, I think. Yes, but that's IndyCar. Or cart at the time. <laughs> or cart at the time or whatever they, the hell they wanted to call it. it. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, it doesn't count as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so who's your driver of the day or of the race? I hate to say this, but it's the same as yours. Lando? Yeah. I good. mean, I, just... To see the joy on his face, he's so humble, and his drive was impeccable. Yeah. It was uneventful. It was precise. He didn't mess up. Consistency beyond belief. Mm -hmm. You could put Gasly up there as well. Yes. Gasly was able to pull off the Alvatore. It was pretty phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Vettel had a good race. Oh, so good to see him mm -hmm. stepping it up. You know, I, I was ready to write him off. On the other end of the scale, you've got the rolling chicanes of Mazepin and, I hate to say this, but Russell and Latifi and the Williams. Williams and this circuit is not kind to the Williams whatsoever. No. Russell qualified well for being in Williams, but beyond that, no, not a good race. And then you've got Sonoto. And what about Sonoto? I mean, he's, yeah, he hurt. Great showing in the first race, but since then... If we go back to Lando, he's such a great example of a driver that they believed in his potential, so they gave him time to develop. But how do you judge that? There's still some time for these guys. You can only judge it up against who their teammate is. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it's even that much more important to have you know, a Carlos Sainz at Ferrari up against Leclerc. Absolutely. Or Vettel and Stroll. You want to measure Stroll, if he can keep up to Vettel... I don't care that it's a new car. Mm -hmm. He's worthy. Bottas has proved that he's faster or as fast as Hamilton, I think. I believe, despite the result of this race, we haven't talked about the winner whatsoever yet. There's another one. You know, does Hamilton still have it? Absolutely. So does Bottas. I still believe that Mercedes has the upper hand and they will be back. But... I hope I'm wrong. And what did you think of Max's performance? I thought it was pretty unspectacular. It was fine. 
I mean, a great drive. I think he's... But that's exactly what he needed to do, right? Exactly what he needed to do. I think he's finally got the maturity that he's not making the bonehead moves that he did in the past. And I think you're looking at this year's world champion. Oh, yeah? You think Max would take it? It's very early to say that. Yeah. But I think Mercedes has not got the plot. I think they've lost the plot. I disagree with you on with you on that. And I don't think they're, they're going to put the money in to develop the car to make it a front runner. Right. I think they'll win the championship again, and Lewis will be the champion. But it'll be close. You, you, don't, you don't think that Chaz Leclerc's going to pull something out of the bag? Or Carlos Sainz? No, Ferrari. Ferrari will be lucky to win a race, I think. I think it's Red Bull and Mercedes almost every circuit. But I haven't put any deep thought into this. Not that I would anyways, but... Well, look at third place in, the, in this race. Mm-hmm. Third place in this race was 20 seconds back. Yeah. 20 seconds back. 20 That's like a lifetime. Yes, it is. And you know that Lando drove, you know, as well as he could. And you also know that Max was likely just managing the car and managing the lead mm-hmm. and driving at about 80%. Mm-hmm. Which he had to do. And Carlos and Lando were driving the bloody wheels off their cars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. How would you rate the race? Uh, one. Yeah, me too. It's just such a parade. It really is. I even watched the highlights and there's a little more passing, but guess which lap it's on? <laughs> it's the first. Of course. Right. <laughs> you know, the shuffling, right? Right. And we see Schumacher do his pass on Mazepin and... Again, just get way ahead of him really quick. Like Mazepin, I know he's the son of Eurocali, the sponsor and all that, but I don't know, maybe Monaco is, would you think it's the most difficult circuit for a rookie who's, if, if he's not out of his depth, he's just not with the car yet? I don't think he's got what it takes. I think he's out of his league. Right. Would it be difficult for a rookie? <laughs> Absolutely. Think about it. You know, these guys that have driven that track, God knows how many times. How many laps has Alonso done of, of Monaco? You just know where to, where to put the car, what's going to happen when it hits that little bump over yeah, there. Yeah. What happened when you tried to pass somebody and it all went pear-shaped? They don't know any of that stuff. So, and you've got a dog of a car. So Mazepin, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anybody else stand out for you? No, not really. I mean, like we said, Vettel had a good race. Perez, I'm not too sure about. Didn't qualify well. Good strategy. Got him, got himself up to fourth. So that's not bad. Vettel and, like you say, Gasly, really good. And, of course, our driver of the day, Lando. So next is Azerbaijan, which is a very, very fast circuit. So Red Bull will win that because they've got the groovy The, the wing still. Yeah. Right. Maybe we'll see another frustrated Lewis Hamilton. Or maybe uh, Valtteri will, will win there. That would be nice. That would be nice. He deserves that. Yeah. Or Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, that's going back to what you were saying at the beginning of the show with Lando. You know, is it a mistake to commit to McLaren? There's just no room for these guys, but they all deserve great seats. Alonso with Lando, Lando with Russell. Leclerc with any of these guys, they're great, great drivers. But if you had a choice and you were to say, somebody's going to come up and challenge the front runners, who is it going to be? I don't think it's going to be Aston Martin because mm-hmm. they're just riding on the tails of Mercedes. It's going to be Ferrari or it's going to be McLaren. 
could it be Williams? No. <laughs> I mean, seriously. So I think that it's Alpine too. Alpine's under new management and so forth. So I don't know if they're if they've had time to change the culture there. Probably very difficult, but you know, I wish them all the luck. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a lot of faith. Me neither, but you know, I hope so. Like I said, I'm looking at it right now and and it's Ferrari or it's McLaren. Mm-hmm. And with ground effects, there's a reset next year. Yeah, that's so, the thing that stands out most to me is the ground effects. Like that, the return of safe ground effects, because I understand they were, or was that just an excuse? Back then, safety wasn't much of a priority, but I understood right. the ground effects they were using back in the day were pretty dangerous. If you'd lost, you'd lost them, you could lose their car, right? Really dangerous. Yeah. Really dangerous. But now I look at it and I think we could be looking at Mercedes and Red Bull as backmarkers next year. With Adrian Newey, it's not going to be Red Bull. But we could be looking at Ferrari and we could be looking at McLaren as backmarkers. We could be looking at Alfa Romeo and Williams up at the front. We seriously could. It's that much of a reset. <laughs> For once, you're far more optimistic than I am. <laughs> but I, I really hope that's the case. You know, because there's been some... You know, this race is kind of a given, like it surprises us when it's a good race. Again, the qualifying is always good. But, you know, we've had we've enjoyed the race before and uh, the next race has much more promise than this one ever had. Yes. I look forward to it. Doesn't have the peril, but yeah. Yeah. Interesting location with the castle stuff and all that. Beautiful. The less we say about politics, the better, but uh, that's another story. Yeah. Well, there's some races I just, I don't really even want to watch because of the politics yeah yeah all right john well let's end it there and we'll get together for the next race and talk to you soon sounds grand thank you very much rob talk to you later bye bye